Center of Contemporary Performing Arts. I'm Tanara. I'm the Audience Engagement Coordinator at Fringe Arts. And I'm Zach. I'm an artistic producer here. Uh, we invite you to pour one up and enjoy our conversations with some of the most imaginative people on this planet of existence. Here at Fringe Arts, we're getting ready for the Appointment by Lightning Rod Special, previewing on Wednesday, March 20th, and running from March 31st. Make sure you visit FringeArts.com to grab your tickets for this spectacular show exploring the misogyny, hypocrisy, and absurdity surrounding the abortion debate in America. But today, we're talking to a very special guest, Cecily Chapman, one of our Fringe Arts ambassadors and a dancer in last year's public practice dance piece, The Super Grand Continental. Welcome, Cecily. Thank you. One of our first questions we always ask, what are you imbibing? What are, what's your beverage today? Ah, sparkling water. Mm. It's my uh, go-to mm-hmm. beverage. Spicy water. Spicy water. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that'll do. We have a, a, a young friend who calls it that. <laughs> oh, spicy oh, like water? A, yeah. Like a, like chill, a, child, a yes. child, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes a little bit more sense. (laughs) And now that I'm thinking about it in the context of a child's brain, it actually is, like, it's a perfect description. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What are you having tonight? I'm also having spicy water. (laughs) I'm actually having spicy water. I'm having a turmeric ginger tea. It's like from Rishi. It's very, very good. And sometimes too spicy. Mm. And we're going to get too spicy today on the podcast, right? Ooh, spicy. I am ready. So we're here to talk to you kind of about your experience in public practice work. Um, you got to participate in the Super Grand Continental. Um, are you willing to tell us a little bit about how the Super Grand Continental worked, as though we've never heard of it? It was like um, we spent the whole summer preparing for a two-day weekend performance for the like first weekend of the French Festival, and we. It was like 150, maybe 200 um, normal, regular Philadelphia area people who are not professional dancers learning how, learning a 30 minute piece. It was ranging from like little five year olds to like probably close to 80. I don't know. I have no idea how, like, at some point you don't ask people their age. But, <laughs> Correct. <laughs> but it was all of us together practicing uh, twice, sometimes much more than that, a week to get our dance steps down. And it was a fun, a fun event. And were you costumed for that? We could choose our costumes. Uh, there were no real limits as long as we could move in them and it wasn't advertising anything but there were people in just their regular jeans and t-shirts and dress things or whatever and then there were people in sequins I had a sequins shirt on top it was very bright and red Um, there were people with I don't like tutus and all kinds of there are a multi multitude of different costumes per se but that was our chance of being creative and letting our own personalities show to a certain degree because in a group dance you're doing basically all the 
you're supposed to be doing all the steps, <laughs> all the same <laughs> steps that everybody else is doing. So it's nice to be able to at least show some of your personality. Mm. And what was your experience with dancer performance before jumping into the grand? So I I actually did the first uh, Le Grand. I've taken dance classes and things, but not anything that I can really remember where I was like, I'm a dancer. <laughs> um, I did do a musical theater camp at one point. Heck yeah. I was reading about that. Yeah. Uh, so Cecily's a uh, amazing stand-up performer in town and also a and storyteller. And some of Cecily's stories are so, so good that WHYY has uh, published the transcripts of them. So you can definitely look those up and check them out. I looked them up and had a great time reading about them. What was the title of the piece? I had a nightmare time at musical theater camp or something. Oh, I don't remember what the title was. When you talked about great, but, turning yeah. over and looking at that 10-year-old boy in the face, like, it is so, so fantastic. Yeah. I, no more yeah, spoilers. You Check it out yourself. It. Yeah. So what was it like for you returning to La Supergrande after you did it in 2012? So it was like six years had gone by, and then you came back to not exactly the same piece, but something very similar. Some old people, some new people. What was, was that bigger. Kind of like? I was excited to sign up again to do it because my memory said that it was a great experience <laughs> <laughs> and I only say that because physically I'm six years older and all the things which I'm still young and I look it yeah, um, but my body is different than six years ago so that is the only thing that came to mind but I was excited because I do like the idea of meeting people from my community, per se, like people I might see on the bus or might see at a performance or wherever I am, and getting to have some form of a connection with them. And it was really nice to see a couple of my friends from six years ago returned because some of them I hadn't really stayed in contact with but as soon as we saw each other I was like yes I'm so happy you're here and just basically kind of like an old friend like mm -hmm. you're just picking up where you where you left off almost literally because mm -hmm. um, we left off dancing and we were picking up dancing so that was that was exciting to have like a, a portion of people that were familiar and um, even a couple of the instructors were familiar mm -hmm. so it was nice to know that there were people who remember our previous performance had some energy about it and then there were a lot of new people and so it was a chance to kind of meet new people. And I'm not the most social person, so I'm sure I could have connected way better. But, like, to me, it was nice to just be in a room or a huge ice rink <laughs> with people every week, a couple times a week, doing, like, coming together. We're in different stages of our life and different ethnic and different all the things all the things you can um, come up with so it was really good to be able to
kind of see that happen again. My body just was like, <laughs> you forgot. <laughs> I was told that this piece was a little bit more challenging than by one of, by one of the um, instructors. Mm-hmm. They said that it was a little more challenging than six years ago. So my body might not be lying to me um, and my memory, but um, it did. It definitely felt. I was like, I'm actually working out every, like a yeah. couple times a, a couple times in a week. There's some fun uh, contrast and similarities. Yeah, when I was um, hanging out at rehearsals, some people told me that like the main like similar to you, they end up finding like a sense of community and um, connection with everybody around them. But originally they wanted to do a super prawn in order to build in exercise into their week. So they like literally did it at first because they were like, Oh, I'll just be moving for like two hours twice a week, you know? And I think a lot about my experience. I was a marching band nerd in high school and to get with all those people to learn the drill, to be sweaty together, to get injured together in some cases, to share nasty moldy water bottles together. It really, you build a kind of, uh, it, it feels almost like you you share in like this this joy, but also this like almost bodily trauma in a certain way. That's not bad. It's just it's we're working hard together. There's something in like that sense of shared accomplishment that's like it compounds my personal uh, sense of accomplishment in a certain way. And it's funny. I see so many Legrand dancers around town, like at the Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. Last night at the Rosenbach Museum, I saw a person who I won't name because this is <laughs> being recorded. Um, and yeah, it just makes me feel like I have like friends all over in a certain way. Right. Do you run into people? I, I have, yes. Um, I'm also at this weird stage in life where I don't know where I know people from. Mm-hmm. So it's like, do I know you because you know me from comedy? Do I know you from like some other, like the bus just like, yeah. <laughs> or do I know you? But I have seen some super grand people um, in my travels and things and some of them recognize me, some of them don't it, because there are so many of us that mm-hmm. it's like you might not remember everybody. But the other day I was just walking up the street and Sarah Gladwin Camp rides by on her bike and just goes, Hey, looking forward <laughs> to the next one. <laughs> just like that. And it's just so funny. Like it just it feels like it, it made the city feel smaller to me in a certain mm-hmm. way. Yeah. And that's exciting. Yeah. When you were looking at the first Le Grand opportunity back in I guess this is twenty twelve, mm-hmm. when you're reading through the description, what made you say this is for me and I can do that? So I honestly don't really remember what I think my mom sent me an email and it was just the idea that as long as I could move I could be a part of it so like auditioning and all the things like it the pressure of being like a perfect dancer and I didn't have to worry about that so the pressure to like be a perfect dancer was off and yeah uh so I think also at that point in my life, I was just kind of more willing to try something new, try something different. I don't really remember. It was six years ago. Yeah. Were you already so, doing comedy then? <laughs> yes. I was very new at comedy then. Do you feel, or I'm sure there is a difference, but maybe you can speak a little bit about the difference of 
being a participant in these big, like large scale performances versus being an audience member watching a performance? Well, I think in some ways when I watch a performance, I want to be a part of it to a certain degree. And usually it's, oh, I wish I could do that. (laughs) And so I think there's just a certain amount of awe and in seeing people moving their bodies or any creative form that either I'm not using or just haven't gotten to a certain level of using. So it's always fun to see people performing. And then when the opportunity comes to being able to be a part of something, it it just seems right. Because mm-hmm. now I'm getting to do what I have wanted to do when mm-hmm. I've been a spectator. Mm-hmm. So if it happened again and I was physically able to do it again, I would still do yeah. it and not be a spectator. I watched all three performances yeah, same. from different places each time. Like one time I was way up high on the steps of the art museum, another time I um, kind of climbed a weird sculpture and was on top mm-hmm. of that. That was fun. Um, and I just felt this immense sense of like pride, right? Because I was there in some rehearsals. I uh, did a lot of recruitment for this. And I felt proud of everyone who was dancing in it, but I felt proud more broadly of the city. Mm-hmm. And um, I just don't know that there are... are it's funny, they take this piece all over the world, and what's interesting to me is I feel like Philly, it's just very right. It's very different. Here. Like it, 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 something just locks into place. Philly is such like a big, small town in a certain mm-hmm. way. The footprint of the city geographically is kind of teeny. But there's so many people here, and there's this kind of like, um, there's this thing that I don't feel like you have in New York anymore, where you run yeah. into everybody you know mm-hmm. all the time here. And it's, it's, sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's like, oh, there's my ex again. <laughs> house party. <laughs> there's someone I ghosted. What do they want from me? <laughs> you know? But the, it just, it felt like there was this in, immense, like, interconnectivity that, I don't know, just... Uh, it was so joyful. There, but was foregrounded. Yeah. In a way. It was just so celebratory. It was really infectious. I was there doing, essentially, like, recruitment for this year's public practice performance. I was like, I was like, basically like, if this seems interesting to you, write down your name and email address, and then we'll send you information about next year's show. It won't be the same thing, but it'll be something very similar. And I can tell you that the number of email signups we got after the show, like tripled the number that we had right before the show started, because you can't watch that without being like, oh my God, that was amazing. I want to do that. You know, I want to be a part of the crew. So what advice do you have for people who might consider being in a large scale public practice piece in the future? Maybe in their decision making or uh, how to prep for a hot sweaty rehearsal process. Okay, so first with the decision making, I know that a lot of times there is a audition type situation, and it's not really an audition as much as it's showing you that you can do it. So I would suggest people not take it so seriously as like oh my gosh, this is a Broadway show. Like, (laughs) I have to get all the steps. And just know, like, be mindful of your body. But also, in this kind of situation, know that there are people who are 
are going to be faster at getting the steps, who are going to be more limber and more all the things. And there are going to be people who are not going to be as good as you in in picking things up and all of that. And by the end of it, we're all doing the same thing. So by you, it might take you longer. It might take you a much shorter um, process, but the overall, the ending is gonna be great. So definitely go to the auditions or whatever they're being called and information sessions just so that you can kind of see what what is being offered. For me, I think I, at some point, mostly during, towards the end, I wasn't in, I wasn't present. So I was just kind of like, get this over with at some point. And then we mm-hmm. got rained I remember that. on. And <laughs> in the dress rehearsal and then in that performance yeah. also. Yeah. Well, the dress rehearsal, we got rained out of. And then the actual Sunday performance, we were rained on. And for me, it was not fun. I was not interested. <laughs> at all and pictures prove that so I'm like, I, it feels like all the pictures that are of me capture my inner thoughts they <laughs> say the camera so, takes a photo of your soul yes. <laughs> but at the end what I want to say is don't let the positive be the memory but the positive be the present mm. so mm. if I if I do it again or something like it, I would hope that I would be able to be present and experience the the joy that is around me and and just being proud of myself that I put in this work and you know be able to celebrate and and dance in the rain even yes. though I really 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 hated it. There were so many audience members who stayed. stayed. In the rain. Yeah, it was an amazing. Idea. <laughs> like, your Hillary like, Duff come clean fantasy. Like, right, yeah. like it's it's great for the movies, you know. <laughs> it's a great scene to to put in to inspire people, and yeah, the audience members were great. So that I I mean, but it was for, cold. It was, it was cold. cold, and it was. And you had to lay down in and you know, that point. That was it. Like that, I was just like feeling for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> moment. Yeah. Like, Try these people. Yeah. But there were so many people around me that were excited, and so I kind of wish I would have been excited too. And now it's like a so, tradition, right? Because we got rained on in 2012 too. Yeah, that was different though, because it was a mist. It was <laughs> more of a like. It actually was kind of nice. Like you weren't drowning from looking up into the sky <laughs> like it, it was, was a torrential downpour. <laughs> like it was I'm from Florida like hurricane season and I was yeah. like mm, this is real. Yeah. Generally I'm like mm, people whining about rain here but like that was it was powerful. So one more question for you. You know I I'm wondering like where public practice work like what it does um, in terms of representation that feels different from traditional theatrical performances or performing arts where people often find that there is a gap between who they want to see on stage and who's actually on stage. Mm-hmm. Representation is such a weird kind of 
thing for me right now. Because usually what, I'll just tell you what I do. I'm a, just so that people know, I'm a black woman, um, cisgender. So when I walk into a room, I know who is, who's there. And so I'm always aware of like how many black people how many went like I'm counting in mm-hmm. a certain sense and I do that just about any any space I'm in when I'm in like certain parts of the city it, it's like well it makes sense that I would be the only one but then there are other spaces where it's like well there should be there should be more of us here because of where it is like mm-hmm. that kind of thing so like there's a certain percentage of black people in this country, but then when you start going down to the certain percentage of black people in Philadelphia Mm -hmm. and those things, then it's like there should be more in certain areas. So my experience with like community space is, I think generally everyone was represented um, with this last performance and I think continuing on in general I think there's a lot of possibility for representation in the fact that there will be at least one but I don't know if it's as accurate mm-hmm. and I think there is a certain amount of people trying to make it be more accurate mm-hmm. um, but in some way, you're always going to miss the mark. So. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah, it's interesting. For me, like, as, like, um, like a black person, a queer person, like, in all the kind of ways that our identities intersect across different and all of that, when I go to see traditional theatrical work, and maybe there's somebody who looks like me and whose identity, or the identity that they're taking on in that space, is like mine. And I think to myself, what a jackpot in a certain way, thinking about all of the training that you have to do, all of the opportunities that have to line up. Yeah. Like, kind of, uh, it's almost like the planets have aligned, and here's this person on stage mm-hmm. who, in some ways, is speaking to me. And I think where public practice work has an opportunity, and a unique opportunity, is that it doesn't... It says, come as you are, and we'll teach you the skills you need. What you need is enthusiasm. You need your, your living human body, and we'll... we'll we'll get there together. Mm-hmm. And I think what we're really thinking about is a, lot, a lot as we go into the second year of this three-year initiative to do a large-scale public practice work each year is how do we take that even further? Because right, what, what, looking at what the barriers are uh, implicitly to being able to participate in something like this, maybe you just don't have four hours a week to donate right. to this. You know, maybe you, you need childcare, maybe you need more of a travel stipend, maybe you need um, a different level of engagement that you can touch the piece from. You're not mm-hmm. having to be there for four hours a week at all. Mm-hmm. Where generally it's prohibitive to you to give up that much of your time from a financial perspective, from an embodied perspective, right? And how can you participate in other ways? Mm-hmm. So we're thinking a lot about kind of, uh, kind of graduated levels of engagement mm-hmm. up to the four hours a week and then you dance with us forever. Mm-hmm. But what if you were just able to 
I don't know, donate a portion of the dance to us, mm-hmm. or um, to be there uh, the day of the performance in some capacity other than dancing. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you don't have to be there for all the rehearsals, but you get to hold a speaker that plays the music that they listen to, mm-hmm. you know, and we're thinking about all of those things as we go into this next year's project. What a great setup to talk <laughs> about next year's project. You were in the meeting where I mentioned it, right, so you have heard a little bit about this. So we are bringing a Mexican artist named Mariana Arteaga to Philadelphia for to bring her piece Umbal, Nomadic Choreography for Inhabitants, to the United States for the very first time. It's the U.S. premiere, which we are so excited about. And Umbal really does every single thing that Zach was just mentioning. There are three phases to the piece. The first is called the Step Library, or in Spanish, La Pasoteca, and it's inviting Philadelphians who love to move who love to dance, who are the first people to get up and dance at a party, who have a gesture that's very special to them, who like just love moving in their body, um, to come to uh, a step library event with 10 to 30 seconds of dancing and bring their music with them and literally like show us your favorite move. We film it, we put it on a website, and then Mariana and her choreographic team look at all those moves and weave together a choreography that then 20 to 25 Philadelphians are invited to develop with her. And then that's, so that's phase two. And phase three is like, you know, sort of in the model of the Super Grand, it's 100 Philadelphians who are learning this choreography that was developed by Philadelphians and donated to by Philadelphians, and then performing it as a processional through the literal streets of Philadelphia in September. And it's exactly what Zach was saying. Like, we wanted to create opportunities for people who don't have four hours a week, who maybe they're in a wheelchair, and, you know, learning this kind of choreography would be very prohibitive to them. Maybe they just don't want to hang out with all these new people. I think there are people who sometimes that's enjoyable and small doses. Yeah, you know, exactly. Just trying to think about all of these different ways that people might have been shut out from the, the process that we had last year mm-hmm. and growing on it. And next year, who knows? Yeah, next for year, real. For real. When everybody in a space shuttle. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just trying to figure out what the next level out from there is. How to can you zoom out further and do something that yeah. says something else about the Yeah, so if folks are interested in donating a dance step, um, the dates are April 6th, 7th, 13th, and 14th. You can find information about the step library at umbal.fringearts.com. That's U-U-M-B-A-L.fringearts.com. And you can also poke around on the website and find out just like all the different ways you can get involved through all different phases of the project, which will really be in development from April to September. So we're, we're in it for the long haul. Oh, my friends. Cecily, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you. And you guys uh, are doing great work, and I applaud you. Oh, thank you. We applaud you. And where can people applaud you in person doing some comedy stuff? I am all over Philadelphia and the country. I'm doing festivals and things, so you can check me out on cecilyalexandria.com or at cecilythegreat on the Instagrams and things. So, And you can follow us at fringearts.com or at fringearts on everything in the whole world. Make sure to register for the Step Library and find out about the ways that you can get involved with Umbal. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you.